1: Stop. Oh, I just hit that, David. Luke. <laughs> I've never done one of these drunk before. <laughs> you haven't. I <That's laughs>
0: found that really hard to imagine. <laughs> I mean, not that you're a big drinker, but it just seems like you're hanging out with a friend. You,
1: I know, I but know. it was the first one I've done in the evening.
0: It is quite late, isn't it?
1: No, it's it's great. Do you have jet lag? I did. I did a record this morning. I went home and a little had a little nap, so I'm who did you speak
0: a... with this morning? James Corden. He's sweet. How yeah. was he?
1: He was in great form. Yeah. He was in really good form. Yeah.
0: Did he say Jennifer Garner got us into both of our schools? He didn't mention. Oh, it. that's weird. No, he... was kind of. I'm kind of a. I don't know. A touchstone.
1: Yeah. No, no you're fundamental. I'm you're the keystone. of you're it. The reason he's having a great time in our mm-hmm. Without you, he'd be nothing.
0: Right. And Thanks.
1: frankly, the fact that he didn't recognize that
0: mm-hmm.
1: was embarrassing.
0: It is. It's a this missed is, opportunity.
1: This is a lot of chocolate.
0: It's lovely, isn't it? It's delicious. Mm-hmm.
1: I might just, might just rest it down there. All right. Um, you've never been on a podcast before. No. You must have been. I can't no. believe that's true. Mm-mm. I can't I'm, believe you don't have your own podcast.
0: I don't want one, and I've said no to everyone, but I can't say no to you, apparently, and so here we are. Oh, Thank you, Mosey.
1: Excellent. You have got a notebook. <laughs> of course I have my notebook. <laughs> what notes are you going to make?
0: I just don't want you to have...
1: Stuff you don't have?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm jealous.
1: (laughs) Are you going to critique me? Are you going to give me some sort of marks out of ten?
0: We'll see. I don't know what I'll need to write down.
1: Hmm, I understand. David Tennant does a podcast with...
0: Jennifer Garner.
1: Jennifer, thank you for having us here in your beautiful home.
0: Thank you, After hours... It is, It's. is. I'm in my pyjamas. I like
1: that. I wish I was in my pyjamas.
0: I felt like you'd feel most comfortable seeing me
1: this way. <laughs> I do. I do.
0: If I could have, I would have had matching ones for you.
1: <laughs> well, we were not best in matching pyjamas.
0: We do. We do. <laughs>
1: As viewers mm-hmm. to HBO will know. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that we're here in the evening, because I've known you for about a year now.
0: I know. Yeah.
1: And I'm not aware in that calendar year that you've had a day off. because you pack it in, don't you? The very fact that we're here in your beautiful home in an evening, because Mm. it was the only way we could fit this in. You have, I would conjecture, a work ethic of sort of Scottish Presbyterian proportions.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's the case, but I do feel a kinship to your work ethic, as I know that you come from Scottish Presbyterian royalty, (laughs) and that you are built of such stock, then I will. I would just say thank you.
1: But where do you get that from? Is it a sense of duty? Is it a sense of you just love doing it? Is it a sense of...
0: I don't know, but it gr- it grows every year. Does it? There's more. I have more of whatever it is than I did five years ago, and more than I did. Five and years
1: just that—is it drive or is it panic or?
0: No, I don't think it's panic. It's more of a realization of how much you can accomplish and how much you can do if you, right, focus and dig in.
1: Are you able to switch off though, or does that is that sort of? Oh
0: yeah, I can switch off. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: but and... you're but you pack it in, don't you?
0: I do, I do. In some ways, I always have. When I think of college, I think I booked every single day with stuff back to back to back to back, without ever leaving time to go to the library. So there was, you know, there was just so much I wanted to do, and I still feel a bit that way. But it all happens. It's just not pretty.
1: (laughs) Was this sort of way of being was that something that was imprinted on you as a child? You are making notes. What notes are you making?
0: I'm I'm drawing stars. Okay. And I wrote matching pajamas, (laughs) just so you you know. Um, Was it imprinted on me? No, I don't think so. But are
1: your parents hard workers? They are. Okay.
0: They never stop. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So so that was something that was... I saw it. ...imprinted in you? I guess so. Okay.
0: Mm, Very Scottish Presbyterian-esque. I just remember my dad coming home from a long day of work and starting to mow the lawn, even though it was dark. And my mom making our clothes, making our food, everything. She made everything. She did all the housekeeping. And she told us we were kids and we should enjoy being kids and we shouldn't, we should focus on that.
1: You're born in Texas, right? But you moved to oh
0: my gosh, is this a proper interview. Well, I
1: know. Uh, you're impressed with that's
0: that? so funny. Yeah, that's so funny that you're doing this. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, David Tennant. Yes. I
1: was indeed but born then you in, moved in to Texas, Charleston, West Virginia. Yes. Tell wanna, me, for someone who's never been there, tell me what that means.
0: It's an enormous move. Texas is everything you imagine Texas to be. It's. Big personalities and big hair and hats. and I and hats an idea of how you should that you are Texan. And my dad is very, very Texan and it's very important to him that my sisters and I are Texan. Our family has been there forever. I mean, my dad's name is Billy Jack, and his sisters were Wanda Joy and Vera Pearl, and Vera Pearl went by Candy, and my grandmother was Exie Mae and my these are great names. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mythical names. Mythical names and they definitely suit my my dad who is actually pretty quiet for a Texan but kind of has a an austere um you just don't mess with him. He's very solid. And for us to be transferred to West Virginia when I was three, my sisters and I see as this incredibly happy accident because West Virginia is the opposite in every way. It's an underdog. There's no there's no hubris about West Virginia. They are expecting to be the joke of the news, and they often are. But there's a that means that the people there have a different kind of personality. They are all about their character and personality, and they're all full of stories and full of you know, crazy teeth. And it's just like it's another, it's like it's a generation behind, okay. almost.
1: But you decided not to stay there and you decided to become an actor. Or well, did you, you dancing first?
0: <coughs> I danced all the way through college. I danced through college. I danced my way through college. And then in every summer of college, I would work at a summer stock. Okay. Do you have summer theater? Not in
1: quite the same way, no. Not
0: in quite. I remember my friend who was on doctor who oddly oh yeah claudia um i don't remember but she worked with you Cla- I, Cla- I, she might have gone by claudia fox at the time
1: oh she worked with me basis.
0: she did i didn't find out that until later but anyway i went to see her in a summer thing at the in the lake district one summer but so i know okay. that it was slightly different from what we were doing yeah but.
1: was that professional or was that
0: her my, your one yeah well the first summer it was a non equity theater and i lived in a little shack behind the theater i was the kind of the manager of the chores in exchange for the money from the coke machine wow and that was the only pay i got for the summer and i gave myself the worst chores cuz i was scared cuz i was also the youngest person there so i did the bathrooms
1: of course you did because you took the difficult job for yourself well right because as your- one would well, you would. I would. Others would not do that. Others would see that as a way out of the difficult chores.
0: Oh, no. But no. That's part of
1: what makes you such a special person, John. Oh,
0: no. Well, I'm, I am can really clean a good bathroom, David.
1: Sure. I bet you can. Can you
0: see if you can add that to my Wikipedia page? <laughs> I would. Is it possible? I don't I know. I just, you, I don't know.
1: I don't know how you edit Wikipedia. I think it's very difficult to do. Is it? Yeah. I had Olivia Coleman on this, uh, uh, furious that they'd put her age as eight years older than she was, and she couldn't get them to change it.
0: I don't blame her. No, she of couldn't course she'd be get furious. it. She
1: could she not couldn't... get it changed. You can't just phone up and go, "Hi, uh, sorry, you've sorry, you've got my age wrong. Clearly a mistake. Let's By just fix eight that." Eight years. Eight years.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's bad.
1: Mm. Oh, furious. You can yeah. imagine. Uh, so I don't know how to change your Wikipedia. Page. Okay. Just in case you think I'll call that's her. A, just in case you think that's the service I'm offering. No, she never made it. She never made. It. Oh no, I think she had to produce her birth certificate or something in the end. Prove mm. it was her. Oh yes, serious. But where did acting come from as an idea? Where did you think? Would you? Would you? Were you watching TV and thinking I want to do that? Were no, you going to the never.
0: Theater? I never ever wanted to be on TV or on
1: in front of a camera at all. It was all theatre based. Then, yes. Was it? Right. it was all theatre. Would your parents take you to shows?
0: They did. They were really good about that. Anytime we traveled, we would go to—my dad traveled so much he had frequent flyer miles right. back when that actually meant something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we would go to London or wherever, and we would stand in the half-price ticket line. Right. And I saw—in one trip, I saw Les Mis and Phantom, and I saw Evita. But I really didn't think that I could do it. It seemed quite—I mean, I always say— Because it's true, I grew up thinking that Gilligan's Island was a documentary. Right, right. (laughs) It didn't occur to me. Or I I just didn't give it any thought that they were actors who were...
1: But you were aware that that people on the stage were performing. Indeed, I was. Okay. Indeed. You weren't that crazy. No, I wasn't that crazy.
0: But I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to grow up and do this. It was just what I did. So that by the time I said to my mother and father, I'm switching from chemistry major to a theatre major, they said, of course you are. It's all you do. You should just go ahead and learn what you love.
1: And they were fine with that.
0: They were fine with that, which is really saying something, considering.
1: Because they presumed that there were no precedents around you. There were no other people Absolutely
0: not. And it wasn't even that I was planning on doing it for a career. I thought I'd go on to law school or go back and do whatever I needed to do to go to medical school. I didn't think that I would actually
1: do it. And you're certainly not thinking about movies.
0: No, there was a whole film world at my in my college and I I never I never dealt with it at all. Really? I I never took a film class. Did you
1: go to? Did you watch movies? Were you a movie fan or?
0: It's hard for me to sit and watch a movie. I want to be doing. I don't want to be. But when I do, I'm so glad I do.
1: Okay, but it's too long sitting still. You feel a bit panicked that you're not.
0: I just feel Achieving like all right. Enough. Well, this was nice. It has to be really
1: good. Is that why you moved to New York? Well, I than moved LA? to New York.
0: I finished some working. I worked in a strip mall in Florida. There was a theater in a strip mall in Florida that ended up being closed for tax evasion. And I Brilliant. um from there I went up to visit friends in New York. I was auditioning for Utah Shakespeare, which was something I really wanted to do and which I got, but I got it at the same time as I got to New York, and I went on a bunch of auditions out of backstage, and I got them all. I got three in one day, <laughs> three jobs. Wow. And But they were for horrible little theaters in the middle of nowhere, and somebody and I was just had beginner's luck. I think I just walked in and said, Hi, I'm from West Virginia, and I just got here, and, and somebody said, You should meet with agents to figure out what you're going to do. So I ended up meeting with an agent, and she said... She kind of was messing with me just for fun. And she said, show me a Shakespeare monologue. Show me um, a comedic. Show me a historical." And I had them all in my pocket. And so I just did them all. And she said, do a contemporary. And I was like, oh, I'll do something from this. So I just did all these. And then she said, sing for me. Dance for me. And then she sent me in an audition. And it was to understudy a play on Broadway. And I got the job. And I ended up staying.
1: Right. And where was that? The Roundabout. What were you understudying?
0: A month in the country, Turgenev, with oh. um your
1: Helen Mirren. With Helen Mirren, right? You weren't understudying her.
0: No, I was understudying Katie Irby. You made one hundred twenty-five dollars a week as an understudy at the Roundabout, so I was so broke. Right. You didn't have time for a restaurant job because you're there all the time, of and I didn't have the guts to tell my mom and dad that I was so broke. I was living on a woman's kitchen floor for $400 a month oh, that I got off the goodness. equity bulletin board. And I find I got a cold. I got a really bad cold. And I went to CVS. I didn't have a credit card, thank God. And I put on a check a bunch of cold medicine. And the check bounced. Oh. And anyway, it took me a while of checks bouncing before it I finally had to call my parents and say I've been bouncing checks, and they had to give me like five hundred dollars. I was so embarrassed, but I got during that I said to my agent, "Oh, it's fine. I'll go on anything." And she sent me on an audition for a pilot for something for a test. I'd never been to L.A., and I flew out because I needed the hundred and fifty dollars per diem they were going to give me, and it was a day off the play. So I kind of it was a Monday, I guess. Okay. And then I didn't get it. I remember I curtsied at the end of it and said, thank you, I've never been to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: were Stephen Colbert's babysitter. I true?
0: was, yeah. How did that come about? He and I were together. Um, we were both, we had tiny roles in Spin City as guest stars. And so we hung out backstage forever and ever. And he was kind of like, you don't seem like a normal New York actress. <laughs> and I told him I'd had a babysitting um business basically in West Virginia and Did he yeah and he said um well we could use a babysitter and he was writing all kinds of things um I know cuz I went through his apartment and read it all not really <laughs> but um his wife took an Italian class once a week and so I was their babysitter and my roommate who I actually spoke with today she's still one of my best
1: friends have you discussed this on his show I have right Mm-hmm. His kids are
0: oh, they're amazing. That daughter is at Yale, and she's. They sent me a picture of her, and she's so grown up and big. But they only had her at the time. You know, when you just have one kid, right. and so yeah, they just had they just had her. She was beautiful.
1: So you started doing these little bits in LA, and you started being on screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And did that feel like? Maybe this is where I'll go now or did that just feel like, were you just going wherever anyone would employ you? I was
0: kind of going where the wind would blow. But yeah. I kept auditioning for these, for Broadway plays and I would get down to the wire and there was one, it was me and one other girl and she was in, on TV and she beat me. And so I felt like the next time I get a chance to LA, to go to LA, maybe I'll just go and that will lead me back
1: to I see where I can
0: get one of these jobs. So you saw
1: going on screen as a means to an end yes. to getting you on Broadway. And it worked. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So what took you to LA then? Uh some pilot. Did you like it? Did you I
0: mean I was titillated by it. It it all fell into place and there was a manager here who was kind of courting me and he was a joke, that guy. But um I moved and then I didn't realize oh my gosh, my relationships were with the casting directors and I've just left all of them. I see. And all of these casting directors have the young people that they're in love with. So it was a very, that was a very tricky time, but I was so, I had, nobody was telling me what to do. I had no real push from any, you know, nobody was helping me know how to audition, what to do, how to look, how to, nothing. I went to every audition with wet hair, no makeup, right, uh, on book. I had no clue. I just had no clue.
1: Yeah. And what are your family making of all this back home? Well, How much are you sharing the f- with them about your journey into it A
0: lot. But the fact that I had even been on one thing ever was such a huge deal that it was kind of like it, it couldn't get bigger.
1: Okay, so they were delighted.
0: We were all just like, this is hilarious.
1: <laughs> we just thought it was such a lark. Yeah.
0: I mean, what about you?
1: Well, yes, I suppose the, the idea that you could get a job at all was at all. was remarkable. So that was enough to keep you going for a while. And- but I think my parents were always expecting me to, or hoping that I would just go and get a proper job, and and because then mm. they would be less to worry about.
0: Mm. Were they worried when you? Because you kind of went more straight for it. You said that you declared, "This is what I'm going to do," I did and you do went that. to drama yeah. school. Yeah, and you went straight for it. But did right after drama school, did you go to the West End right away? No,
1: I worked in Scotland for a while. So mm. I worked in sort of, which in a way was something more that my parents could identify with because there were mm. theatres that they knew and that they'd maybe seen other people in. And, mm-hmm. and I, but I, yeah, I worked in Scottish reps, I suppose. Oh, it's so years.
0: fabulous. Yeah.
1: I just was delighted to be working because I, right, because, because you spend so long with, when you decide you want to be an actor, people telling you oh, that you can't do that. Nobody really works and everyone's, you you, you sort of die in poverty um, and, and obviously part of you is cocky enough to think, well, that won't happen to me.
0: You still might die in poverty.
1: Oh, it's entirely possible, I yeah. You,
0: I think you have a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give never that up. Never say
1: never. No. No, it's still something to hope for. Um, uh, but but yes, I think there, there was just the idea that one would get any job at all initially is all you're hoping right. for, isn't it? When in this LA journey do you meet J.J. J. Abrams?
0: Gosh, I'd been working for a while when i met jj yeah i did a guest spot on um felicity and maybe i'd been here i don't know 4 or 5 years
1: okay because he will then write alias for you yes uh,
0: and make me and then and abc life, will make I me guess. audition for it
1: i see yes
0: so he wrote which was sh- actually great that was- he
1: wrote the show thinking this So he'd seen you in this guest ball and he just think thought...
0: He was really involved. I mean, he he hadn't just seen me. He was there every day. He okay. had auditioned me.
1: And what what do you think he saw in you that thought, I'm going to write her a series?
0: Good Lord, I don't know. I think it was more his, his wife, Katie McGrath. I think she was more just like, do something for her. Really? And Katie, I mean, JJ's completely crazy about her and will do anything Katie says.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. But... Of course, the network don't necessarily want they had, to give you th- your own show at that stage.
0: They had zero interest. Zero interest. Zero interest in yeah. giving me the show that had been written for me.
1: So he says, I've written this show, but uh, you're going to have to come and five, jump in. It hopes.
0: was five or six auditions, and each one was an hour long. Right. And in throughout, and you're
1: not having to convince him ever. So it's everyone else you're having to convince. I'm a or does bit he start to convince him. <laughs> does yeah, his head, I mean, head even... start to be turned by other options. I
0: think so. And even after I had the job, I think there were times where you know I can have a, I can enjoy the process of making something, enough, that I can forget that you actually have to take it seriously. I've, I've been known for that to be a pitfall of mine.
1: I'm not seeing anything.
0: I know. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so there were times, there were days on the Alias set in the beginning that I was so happy to be there. I think I wasn't really focused on what I was doing. And I think I could have lost my job. Did you
1: get a little giddy?
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Right. As, so,
0: so as, you... as, one... <laughs> as one knows, can happen. Yeah.
1: But so you, you do these four, <laughs> four auditions. Many auditions. I, 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 is there a point where you think I've I've I, I've got it now, or is it does it all just feel like a like a battle?
0: It feels like a battle, but I kind of enjoyed it. You did. Mm-hmm. And I went through the yellow pages and found a guy to teach me karate. I see. Master Shen Yun or something,
1: uh-huh.
0: and he was, was in he was, was in, in the, the valley. Process, was it? JJ said you're going to have to be able to do this, and so I went every day. And I at that toward the end, he said, "What can you, what can you show us?" The one of the last auditions, and I had learned all these forms, and I had been working on kicks, and so, but I had been a ballet dancer for twenty sure. whatever years, so yeah, I was yeah. kind of like,
1: "This I can
0: do. This I can. This I feel
1: confident." Right. This presumably wasn't the sort of part you'd ever done before, though. No, I've
0: always played the girl next door.
1: Right, you you do get the job finally.
0: I did get the job.
1: Do you kind of think, oh shit, this is going to change my life? Because I'd
0: had so many jobs by then that felt like they could change my life. Okay. You know how it is of course, when you're. Sure. You know, even still, you do things that you think. Oh, but this had you is been the lead be in
1: your own show before?
0: I'd been the lead in pilots okay. before that had been on TV and been killed right away. And
1: initially, this was just a pilot again. This was a
0: pilot. Okay. Who knew? Yeah. And JJ had never directed, and people were saying, "I don't know if this guy can direct." Mm. It was his first thing directing, which it turned out he's okay.
1: Sure. He's, it's he's, a skill set. He
0: has managed
1: to develop. He
0: seems to have really yeah. I really brought out the best in him. Um but yeah, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. So and we did it and oh, the read through. I think I almost got fired after the read through as well, now that I think about it. Really? I hated the read through. Why? There were just it was there were so many people there and I was so terrified of all of them and Do, I think we, I went really internal.
1: Did you get anxious as this all started mounting? I think
0: I started to get really anxious. I started to get anxious that I was going to lose my own job and I can see looking back for good reason. (laughs) Now they would just, I mean, now they probably would have yanked me off because now they just, I feel like, don't you hear that they yank people off of things all the time? I
1: feel like there's almost, someone has to go after every read-through. Yeah, it should have have been me.
0: It should have been me.
1: But nobody did get fired. Nobody did get fired. We're including yourself,
0: including miraculously, including myself. Yes,
1: and the show does go to series.
0: The show went to series, and that was kind of incredible. And then I,
1: it was so much work. Well, that's the thing because it's it was like a proper old network, twenty two episodes a year. Proper
0: network, twenty two episodes a year. I was in every scene. I was in. I would work both units at the same time, and on. And as our hours were so long, as any TV show, yeah. the first season is so crazy, but I would go in at 4.30 or 5 on Monday morning. I'd work out first, so I'd be warmed up. Right. I'd go in, and I wouldn't finish until 10 or 11. Yeah, And they would just say, every now and then, they would say, how long of a turnaround do you have to have? Can you take seven hours? And I'd say, I have to go home. I have to learn my lines. I have to get up. I have to work out. I have to, you know. But I just, I just did it, and it was so incredibly extreme. I would finish kind of Saturday morning, and then I would sleep a couple hours, have a photo shoot every Saturday, and then on Sundays I would have the language experts for the week.
1: And, oh, because you'd you'd have to speak Mandarin and guessed, whatever else, yeah.
0: And then I had um, the fight guys come over and teach me that week's fight. So, so, so every. Every weekend was I worked straight through. And
1: that's what 9 months of the year you're doing that.
0: Yes, but it was that intense for I don't think I went a night without a forced call until the 5th season.
1: Wow. That must have felt even with your Scottish Presbyterian work ethic. That must have felt like an endurance test.
0: It was an endurance test. Yeah. For me and for anyone around me.
1: So when season 2 rolls around and you think I've got I've got a Ramp it up again. Here we go. Another nine months of this. Are, are you thrilled and excited or are you, it, does it just feel like an extraordinary mountain to climb?
0: Thrilled and excited.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. 100%. Pretty
0: much. are not okay. you? Aren't you? When yeah. you're really drawn, when something is forcing you to work that hard, don't you get to a place where you're thrilled and excited? Th-
1: there's a kind of, yes, there's a headiness to it. Yeah. You get a bit drunk it's on
0: different. it. It's different. I. I haven't done that since I had kids. No,
1: well, that's the thing. I Yes, Dr. Who's probably the closest I had to that. And I don't think it was because we didn't have fights in the same mm. way, which must which must have eaten up any downtime you had. Must, Stunts, on that. fights. Stunts, fights, prep. And
0: proper. Proper, yeah. proper ratcheted from the ground to the top of a building. Proper, you know, jumping off of the top of buildings and going in ways that I remember later seeing some Angelina Jolie had done a movie downtown and there were there was so much press about the fact that she had jumped off this building and I was like oh I knew that building I've jumped off that building 57 times it was not even a big <laughs> deal I was a, you know it furious just, I wasn't even furious I was just like wow okay but we were doing they were just tossing me out of buildings
1: yeah it's fair to say at that time she was a bit of an outlier to have a kind of this female lead character who was so kick ass. And... I
0: don't know. There had been Buffy. Buffy led the way. Okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar. She was. You're
1: deferring to Sarah Michelle. I defer to Sarah. But Michelle. But it still. It was still. Unu- it was an unusual part to get.
0: It was unusual. Like said, it was, it it was, was like just nothing an you'd done unusual Show. There's nothing out there. You know. I. I just saw. You know. The commercial for that show, Hannah. That looks. It reminds me of it. But. Or it's not usual to have a female-driven action story like that. It's
1: more usual now, though, I guess. Yeah, so. Well,
0: now there's just so much. You can't get out of the way of any possibility.
1: You mean just the amount of content?
0: Yes, the amount of content.
1: Yeah. Yes, because I suppose also this was a time when the networks were still, to be on a big network show meant you were famous. Yes. That was it. Yeah. How did you cope with that?
0: Well, I didn't even realize
1: you were working too that hard to had, know. I was
0: working too hard, and at Christmas, I had a Saturday morning off, and I went Christmas shopping. And I went into a store like Barney's or something, and I couldn't walk two feet, and I had never been recognized. I had never had that kind of presence, even though I'd worked all these years. People sometimes say, like, "Oh, I'll all you," and some, but it wasn't. I couldn't go. To, it was so totally overwhelming, and it was like a light switch had happened, and that
1: was the first time and you I really had felt it. No expectation of that. You didn't Zero. Head, you didn't head to Barney's thinking I, I'll be in and out quick. I'll, because no. it, just, it was all new.
0: No, because I'd worked all this time, so I just thought it would be the same. I mm. didn't know people were watching the show. All you ever hear is like, "Oh, ratings are kind of this rating." Oh, I don't know. So I just thought, "Oh, we're." We're a failure. What do I know? Then I would have trips for the show to do press. Like I'd go to New York, whatever. And they wouldn't give me security. And I had this assistant who's still one of my closest friends, Juliana. And she would go with me. She was – I think she started working for me when she was 21, right out of college. And I remember her being in New York and holding her arms out in front of a crowd. She was probably 22. And she was saying, hang on, she'll sign, she'll sign, just give her a minute. And I remember the two of us looking at each other and saying, this is so completely beyond our control. I'd be going along living my life and then I'd be in public and this hurricane would happen. Mm. And then I'd go back to living my life. And then after that, eventually, once the paparazzi find you... Right, then your whole life changes in a different way and you become cynical and you just,
1: you know. So you weren't cynical then. It. it all felt like... Uh, it was hilarious. It felt fun.
0: It was hilarious, except I would look at Jules and think her parents are going to kill me if she gets trampled.
1: So you felt responsible for Yes, very much <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. I still do. And, and during Alias, you then also go off and make Daredevil. Yes. So you're being kick-ass during the TV season and then you go off and be... A kick-ass superhero in your downtime.
0: Yeah, had I was you, in that
1: mode. Had you opened a comic book ever before that? Did you know who Electra was?
0: Zero, none. Right. I No, I had never looked at a comic book full stop, not once. Oh,
1: so you then, even when the shoot, when it...
0: Oh, well, then I did because, you, did. you know, we do our work. Yeah. But it was kind of like, okay, right, yes.
1: That wasn't a world you knew anything of. Correct. okay. And what did you make of that work? Because this also this movie was a bit of an outlier, wasn't it? This was Marvel making a superhero film before Marvel made superhero films.
0: Right. That's the thing is that I was in these superhero movies before they stopped and made them good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they now they really stop and they spend the money and they spend the time. And and when I did them, they were just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall.
1: Right. God,
0: we worked our tails off, and I and on Alias, I had done all my own fights, and so I was so determined to, but I was way in over my head. I'm not really a fighter.
1: You're a dancer.
0: Yeah. God, I'm a dancer. <laughs> a dancer dances.
1: Were you happy to be this action girl, or was it just that what that's what came up? Were you yeah, pers- at the
0: time, that was what. That was what came up. You just take the gig. But that... any photo shoot that I had, they were like, yeah, do a kick towards the camera. Right. And I started to feel like, oh, my gosh, why do people think this is what I do? I'm not I'm this is so not me, but, but OK.
1: Did. You, that's what you became known for. Mm-hmm. So then did it become quite important for you to find something that wasn't that?
0: Yes. So I decided to do this wacko little movie that had z- no percent chance of being any good, which was 13
1: going on 30, which then was a massive hit.
0: I know because Mark
1: Ruffalo. Oh yeah, you had nothing to do with it. No,
0: it was just sweet. But I just, you know, Judy Greer and Mark Ruffalo. Were you
1: keen to be a bit funny? Did you think this is this? I've oh, I've done enough beating people up.
0: Yeah, I think I was ready to be funny.
1: Mm. And it was a massive hit. So then you're a movie star.
0: Yeah, it was sweet.
1: Do you then get sucked into that that whole kind of what's the weekend box office? What's the next thing? What's the, the kind of? Because remember, you, know have a, I... you have a team around you then who are all thinking, okay, Jennifer, let's think tactically. Let's think what we do next. Or do you resist all that?
0: I think I was too busy because I was an alias at the time when it came right. out. So I just had my head down. It was just such an intense time mm. that it wasn't really, it didn't give me time to stop and be like, oh, I wonder how I'm doing here. Do
1: I mean, you regret that now? Do you sort of look back and think they were crazy days that I just didn't get to enjoy?
0: no. I'm so glad that I worked right. hard when I could and that I did and that I don't I'm glad that I don't look back and think, oh, I shirked that responsibility. Or right. I, th- I only regret when I did start to get really tired on Alias and I did start to be like, oh, you know,
1: when did that happen?
0: Well, the fifth season. OK, I came and knocked up.
1: I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a difficult show to do
0: yeah and I just by then I was kind of wiped out and yeah
1: and then of course by that time you're you're very famous so then you're introducing you're having children in a world where people want to know all about them yeah which is stressful in a way in a in in a whole set set of ways that you can't have you have that at home don't you yeah yeah but you
0: don't have that here
1: not as much.
0: No, as but much. at home it's really intense for you, right? Still every day, all the time.
1: Um, no, not every day, every, all the time. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I, but then I don't think, particularly the paparazzi, have a way about them in Los Angeles, which mm-hmm. which they sort of don't mm-hmm. anywhere else in the world. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you, that you you went to court to sort that out, right?
0: Yes, we did. Halle Berry really found a lawyer. Um, He went to bat for us, and I went up to Sacramento with Hallie, and she really was the engine. She spent the money. It was really – it was her thing. We had – you know, a bunch of us had tried but had just found roadblock after roadblock, and she pushed through somehow. So it's all – it's really all on her. And then we had all the lawmakers who – and the police officers, different police chiefs, and people who would be helping us enforce the law over to our house – And Hallie and different people. And my daughter got up and gave a speech, which, you know, no one has ever seen, but about the experience of being, I think she was six, of the experience of being a little girl and being what it's like from a kid's perspective. Right. And that was, you know, one of those proudest ever moments in your life.
1: I bet it was, yeah. For her to be so articulate about it. So what was that? changing the law specifically.
0: It, it was that they had to stop lying and wait because every time I left my house, every time, truly, day or night, 6 a.m., 10 p.m., whatever, there would be anywhere from 6 to 20 cars that would follow me wherever I went in a big snake the rest mm. of the day. And that's, you know, poor me, whatever, celebrity problems. But it felt like we were a huge car accident waiting to happen for everyone in my town. I was worried all the time and I was always looking my rear view to see how many were there and then I would almost be in accidents and it made, I had active stalkers at the time that because my everything was so photographed A, it made my kids lose their sense of what's normal and what's not normal for Mm. people so that if someone got too close to them and it showed my stalker where to find us. It's so crazy what my eldest, especially, had to go through, and that kids really just shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, to. yeah I hear what you're saying. It's poor me, but when it's the next generation who've not asked to be there, who've not it's, right, it...
0: because it wasn't about success and it wasn't yeah. about. You know, I lived on the street with a lot of very, very much more successful actors than me, and they would all drive by, including Ben. And they would drive by and the paparazzi would ignore them. But if they saw me and thought I had kids in the car, that would sell. But they were so aggressive. Mm. And they still are. Today, I was picking my kids up and there were seven or eight of them. They got way too close to the school and the head of the school was outside with me. And I said, they're getting cheeky. And he said, I'm going to call the police. But that was today, Mm. all these years after it passed.
1: Mm. Do you worry that you're sort of inflicting this on your children? Is it? Is it a kind of, do you feel what?
0: what I hate it for them. Yeah. I hate it for them. There's, but there's, there's no point in, tying myself in knots about it because any time that we've come up with a solution where, okay, we're going to go live here, we're going to go live there, somebody buys a camera and follows us around mm, yeah. and then other people see it and they buy cameras and then you have idiots driving around in their minivans with their, leaving their kids in their minivans. You can hear the children screaming while they're chasing you down the block mm. and you think, well, I'd rather be with the professionals mm. than with this Bobo. Mm. And so it's not... <laughs> yeah. So it's, you, it's really... You know, it's that thing of you can't prepare the path for your child, prepare your child for the path. It's that thing. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, this is part of our lives. It is it is what it is. And there are good things and bad things about having parents that are actors. And mm. let's list them and let's talk about how we deal with them yeah. because I can't make it go away.
1: Yeah, but it, but it does alter decisions that you make about how you will lead your life.
0: On a day-to-day basis, yes, all the time because – My kids would love to stop at the park and it's just not fun if it's a photo shoot, No, you know. And then sometimes you do it even though it is a photo, whatever. And then there are bigger things like where you vacation or how – where you live or what it's like, you know, all those things. Hmm. But again, completely woe is me. It's fine. Uh, Yes,
1: it's fine. But you're also allowed – you're allowed to – well, I think you're allowed to moan about it. Do you moan about it? Yeah, Totally.
0: How are, yeah, because, are your kids about it, but they're not are they are your children bothered less than you? yeah, see my kids are the focus,
1: yeah, that would make me very that's makes when you i crazy. that's when I get very cross about it if yeah. I'm with the kids, that's what makes my sort of fury because yeah, I kind of think I'm fair game, I sort of on some level I've asked for it, it might make me, i might maybe I might' like it, but but they haven't asked for it, yeah, and it's, it's and they're
0: little, uh, yeah. And it goes into their minds. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, huge cameras look like weapons to mm. kids. They don't mm. know the difference.
1: Does it make you want to run away and live in a farm?
0: Well, it doesn't take much to make me want to run away and live in a farm, but no, because my girlfriends are here.
1: So. Right. But you have done a bit of that, haven't you? Yeah. Tell me about Once Upon a Farm.
0: Oh, David. You see? Isn't that nice how you wove that right in? Yeah, there
1: was a little link for you.
0: Gosh. Um, <laughs> David, I can't believe you're interviewing me. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. It was so past my bedtime. We we're I'm having vodka for the love of Pete. Um, half of one, at least. She's a wheeze. Um, Okay, Once Upon a Farm. Well, you know. Well, it,
1: it's just, I, I wonder if that's motivated by a sense of the life that you lead in, uh, and there being a kind of, an ideal version of that, which is about, Health,
0: yeah, yeah, yes, it's very much connected to my childhood. My mom grew up on a farm. We always were growing things. We uh, everything you know that we ate, whether I knew it or not, was homemade, and so much of it was from our little kitchen garden. And um, then you can't help but do that for your own kids. Once upon a farm is part of. It's part because of that, and it's partly because. It's basically you look at baby food on the shelf and it's older than the baby you're feeding it to, and you can buy fresh pet food in a refrigerated section of the pet food aisle, but baby food is all like 17 years old in a jar and it's mush and it's been cooked beyond recognition. So this just kind of fixes that problem in a really smart way that babies are happy with and so it's kind of it was a no-brainer to me the farm that my mom grew up on is now growing food for this company and it all feels very full circle and very happy everything about it's very happy
1: and it's about alleviating the guilt of parenthood
0: yes because you think i'm going to make all my baby food homemade and then when you run out of time or if you go back to work or if you're traveling or something that gets in the way of that there are no options that you can feel good about in this you can just you can just do it
1: Mm. I really like it. In the same way, is is it the act of becoming a parent that made you become involved in Save the Children?
0: No, I would have been involved with Save the Children no matter what, but I sought it out. It took me years to find who was doing the best work in rural America, and um, it happened to be Save the Children, which is this enormous international organization, much better known in the U.K.,
1: is it not so well known here?
0: No, ah. it's not so well known here, and very f- even fewer people know that we do work in the U.S. And that—that's what I'm totally devoted to and spend all my time on. Yeah, I'm going to Vermont and D.C. next week.
1: You really do, don't you? I mean, you took. Oh, yeah. you're you're an ambassador for them. Is, is I'm that an your ambassador. Title? I'm
0: on the board, but I just, I.
1: But I mean, lots of actors get involved with lots of charities. You're properly involved with I'm these guys. I'm
0: properly. Yeah. I treat it like a job.
1: Yeah. And how do you compartmentalize your time with it because presumably you could work you describe it as a job and you could work all day every day for a cause like that mm. so you must have to define what's possible I, and I, I still mean, work I as an actor. I won't leave my
0: kids all that. So when we were working, I think I traveled for them very little. But once yeah. we finished, and I, I haven't worked since, that was July. Right. And it's now, we're in February. Yeah. And so I've done a ton of this stuff. Right. And I've done a ton of Once Upon a Farm. And it's more like that, that I balance it out that way. Uh-huh. So that in the end, it all makes sense.
1: Yeah. You're also in our house at home a lot now. As Mama Llama. Llama Llama's mum,
0: George has told me, and I'm quite proud of that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's a big hit.
0: I'm so yeah pleased. And
1: I do quite a few voices and cartoons, and none of them are played in our house. I'm. You have. S-
0: uh, I won. asked her. I said, you know, I I, I defer to uh, Mr. Scrooge Duck.
1: Scrooge McDuck doesn't get a look in to Mama Llama's mum. Yeah. Do you are your kids impressed by that? Do they watch it?
0: Not at all.
1: Not at all. Well you, now you know how it feels.
0: I'm quite aware of how it feels. Yeah. My daughters won't watch thirteen going on thirty. I mean
1: I'm Are they Scrooge McDuck fans in your house? <laughs> no. No. Oh. Yeah. that hadn't worked but out in a Scrooge
0: way I that. McDuck is quite a thing. I mean when well, you I think when none we of our kids are
1: watching it. <laughs>
0: well when when we worked together, you were quite often going to
1: Scrooge McDuck conventions. There is not a, such a thing as a Scrooge McDuck convention. Indeed, you were—you were
0: going to the convention. There
1: should be Scrooge McDuck conventions, and I am available for them.
0: You went to some. You went to a couple of things. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yes, you went to something at Publicity Disney.
1: Publicity Disney things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if Mama Llama doesn't require that of
1: me. It will. It will. Mm-hmm. It will come around. Oh. Don't worry. That's I to it's going to run. Fifty around. bucks an episode. Really. Are your kids impressed by you?
0: I don't know. I think it made. I think it made an impression on them because I took them with me this year when I was given this.
1: Come on, you can say this it. This thing it's on the audio. sidewalk. To, you can't just draw the shape in space. <laughs> yes, when that that was. You got a star rising Walk of me. Fame. Let me see. Let me see it for I you. I did,
0: and that if we're talking about this, that is the one time I've ever seen my kids kind of say,
1: "Oh." I bet mm-hmm. that's a big, big, impressive thing, mm-hmm. and it's there. It's it's material. It's, it's it
0: was. They just had never been involved in anything before, right. and so they'd never seen cameras pointed in that way in a friendly fire right kind right. of way, and how just the attention of it. They they were kind of, you know, they always say, or they have said in the past that when people see their dad. They're kind of in awe, and he's so—I mean, Ben is six four. He's right. so kind of larger than life, and he's done he's such Batman. incredible. He's Batman, yeah. and he's won two Oscars, and he—he he does. He's so um, powerful in that way. He's such a powerful presence in person. And when they see, when people see me, they—they uh, they just want to come up and talk to me, right? And they say the difference between the way people approach their parents cracks them up.
1: So, the event where you were given the the star, yes. they saw you in a different light. You mean they kind of? Yes,
0: there they saw me not as the pe- person that people feel like they've grown up with. I see. They saw me as, oh, this you have a job that, you know.
1: And did they like that, do you think?
0: I think it was the one day I feel like they were a little bit proud. Right. I was awfully glad I had them with me for that
1: reason. I bet. That's lovely. Mm hmm. Once you've got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, do you visit it?
0: I have visited it.
1: Have you? Yeah. You take people and go, look, that's it.
0: Well, I wanted to see if it was still there. Because I heard they were jackhammering Trump's up and I wanted to make sure mine was (laughs) still there. I didn't have any faith in it at all. Whereabouts is it exactly? Well, it's across. It's right in front of the Hooters, David.
1: Of course it is.
0: Across from El Capitan. Commemoratively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As you might expect. As one might expect.
1: Yeah. Do you get any sort of rights to squat there? Or I mean, what, what well, does Well, that was my you? question
0: As I said to the Hooters people, does this help me if I ever need to be a hostess? Uh-huh. Would you take this old bag not, of bones in? Interested. Well, they said it might mean something. Right. Because I'm right there. But you'd still have to audition. Yeah. Definitely. You don't, you don't
1: just get But to I've in. been a
0: hostess before, so I'm hoping that, you not know, I can Hooters, say, though. like, not at Hooters. No. You're right. <laughs> can you imagine me in a, in a Hooters? It's so depressing. <laughs> 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 oh, the world would spin the other way.
1: <laughs> you have made the world of social media spin in a way oh. that. Not everyone. Did you? See, are you very impressed with this,
0: David? Your I know the the way that your um your transitions are the, the segues are, are the beautiful. The segues are really. I just think it's worth noting. I hope yeah. Georgia Tennant is really listening and paying attention because I feel like she might take a special. I shine. suspect
1: she'll be rolling her eyes uh, at that, but mm. but thank you for trying to you know mm-hmm. big me up. I've got your back. Yeah. Um, You have you have tamed the world of social media. You have five million Instagram followers. In fact, apparently, five point one.
0: Oh please, David!
1: You've gone up to five point
0: one. No, I haven't. You
1: have, but you've done it on your own terms as well. Well, yeah. Is that was that something you set out to tackle? Did you kind of set that as going to okay? I'm going to take on the brave new world. I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to beat it.
0: I've noticed you're on there recently. I'm not on there. You're making i mean, David Tennant Podcast.
1: Oh yeah, but that's not me.
0: I don't I saw your oh, little self. Yeah,
1: I'm involved self. in the I in was some one of the, the early
0: adopters. Oh, you. I said you. absolutely follow thank I liked you. every little thing that's been on there. You crawled out of a box.
1: I did <laughs> I did crawl out of a box. As if Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't I I don't really have any ownership over it. I don't whereas you you you've
0: Yeah, we've done ours. You've
1: tamed it. You do proper content. You do sort of edited things. Well, I don't know
0: how else to do it. I don't, because you can't, nobody needs to see my dumb life.
1: (laughs) But but the other option would be not to go there. To not do it at all. Yeah. Well, it was part of the contract for Once Upon a Farm. I see. Do you then get caught up in the sort of, oh, how many followers have I got today? How how well are we doing? Do you?
0: Sometimes. Yeah. I've definitely gone there before, but not that much.
1: But do you feel like that's part of being a public person these days, That engaging it's in that
0: strange. world? It's strange. Well, there are two nice things about it, maybe three. There are a few. Because I don't – it's not something I would have done. I wouldn't have chosen to do it. But it connects me to people out in the world, and that's really fun. I like – reading, you know, I like people that make people make me laugh on there in their comments and then I can have a conversation back and forth and I feel like, "Oh my gosh, I just actually connected with some random person and they're not random anymore. They're a real person, you mm. know." And it has made me stay. It's connecting me to my to colleagues where you know in ways that I wouldn't have anticipated that I feel like if I ran into Natalie Portman, whom I don't know very well but have a great deal of respect for, Because we have chatted over this, I could, we could have a proper chat, you know, whether it's her or, you know what I mean? Like that's, and then it's kept me in touch with people, whether it's Georgia, yeah, whom I adore and crack up over and feel like I know better because I see her mumbling to herself, yeah, rolling her eyes at her (laughs) life, or whether it's Juliette Lewis and Ione. And that's really fun.
1: Yeah. And one of the things you've covered on there is Yes Day. Yes. Just tell me briefly about Yes Day.
0: Yes Day is a book by Amy Krauss Rosenthal um, where, you know, parents' job is to say no and for one day a year they say yes.
1: And you have embraced that.
0: To everything. And I've done that for several years because my kids fell so in love with the book and I didn't realize that other families' kids were having the same reaction to the book that my kids were. And so once a year in the summer... It's yesterday and
1: we go for it. We have so
0: ice cream it, for breakfast.
1: Anything they
0: just dumb stuff. It's they not can't, about buying things. It's not about it's buying a, things. Yeah. It's not about can I get my ears pierced. It's nothing like that. But if it is like Mom, can I do your makeup and make you go out?
1: Right. Yes,
0: you can. Can I and I really give in to the day. I get rid of my phone, I get rid of you know, it's just about running around and doing what they want.
1: I know you're gonna make a movie of this, is that right? Apparently. Okay. I hope it turns out do it to
0: play the husband
1: in a in a heartbeat of mm-hmm. course yeah great good okay <laughs> cuz
0: after this that. you'll see that <laughs> see now how you owe all the people who have done this for you oh, yeah and how that's going to come back i know and the roost I'm will that.
1: i'm ready for that mm-hmm. and you, but you'll produce that as well right yeah is that something you are increasingly comfortable with that side of Being on that side of things.
0: I am, but I don't like to pretend. I mean, I think Reese Witherspoon really goes in and properly produces. I think she finds, she reads like crazy. She finds stuff. She goes out. She puts it together. I think she is in there in a day-to-day way that I am not. And so I will produce in the way that makes sense to me, but I don't like to pretend like I'm something I'm not.
1: Right. So what does producing mean to you then?
0: I mean, I put it together, and I read all the writer stuff, and I have been really involved in the pitches and the outlines and the whatever. But I'm there's like there's another layer deeper that I that I probably could be going that I've passed off to other people.
1: Right. So, do you see yourself doing more of that in the future, though? Developing things, kind of being a bit more. I've done
0: it in the past. I like developing, but. I find that you can spend all your time developing or you can spend your time doing save the children. You can't do both. Yeah. And I would rather work for save and I what I like is when someone nice like Reese <laughs> hands me a completed thing and says, "Do you want to be in this?" I see. Yeah. I'm I'm lazy in that way, yeah. I
1: think. So what is the plan? Where do you what do you what do you imagine yourself going on to do or do you not I've do never that? I
0: had a plan. Do you have a plan?
1: No. No, but I love asking other people if literally they literally never
0: had a plan. Okay. And I, did, I didn't plan to move to New York. I moved to New York. I didn't plan to move to LA. I moved to LA. I don't plan I didn't plan anything. Um, well, let's see. What is my plan, David? Will you, after you and I finish yesterday, <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I'm ready to be back on set. I do start okay. to feel a pull. Once I've been home with kids long enough, mm. I find that you're work sounds work really lovely. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. But basically, you you live quite in the moment then. You're living day to day. Because you're bringing up three kids, which is quite of the I'm moment, isn't just it?
0: just really bringing up three kids. Yeah. And if I can escape and work a little bit, hallelujah.
1: Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for having us in your <gasps> lovely home.
0: It seems like this podcast is coming to an end.
1: I thought, yeah. Yeah. you're reading the cues yeah. oh, just gently gently what you're just I mean? segwaying it is now no midnight so uh... <laughs> is it really <laughs> not quite nope, it's 10-10 okay. not quite
0: I started to panic oh no <laughs> I know the clock will go up
1: I know it's time to go to bed
0: I have so many things I want to ask you
1: you can do that but we'll switch the microphone off for okay. you okay
0: oh isn't that nice
1: oh yeah When nice you get a podcast you? you can ask the questions
0: <laughs> thanks Jen oh you're welcome David thank you
1: David Tennant Does a Podcast With is a Something Else and No Mystery production. Produced and edited by James Deacon. Additional production from Chris Skinner, Steve Ackerman, Sarah Camlet, Josh Gibbs, Dave King, Joel Freeman and Georgia Tennant. Also from Something Else... The Bugle
0: presents The Last Post, a daily satirical dive into a universe just like our own, with Alice Fraser and guest appearances from Andy Zaltzman, Nish Kumar,
1: and many more. There, there will be a further discussions on a vote uh, about whether we strap rockets to the bottom of England <laughs> and launch it into space. And there will be people, <laughs> Alice, who say things like, I don't think we should launch England into space. Yeah, they would say And that, to those people, they? I say, you are talking the country down. And you should be talking it up into space. Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps.